Okay, welcome to No Excuses, Real Inspiration, hosted by Scott Marshall. So I want to take this opportunity to thank Nicole for coming on this uh, this afternoon. It's a great honour to have you on the show. So for our viewers, just give a brief intro, Nicole, of who you are and what you're currently doing within fitness. Sure. So thank you, Scott, so much for having me on. Um, I am in the United States. My name is Nicole Simonin. I help women over 40 lose weight for the last time. Um, I, I don't know how far you want me to go back, but like I used to be a professional ballet dancer back in my younger years. And I started my business in 2006 because um, I was working as a physical therapist assistant and I was married or I'm married and I had my son and I was like, I don't want to stay home and watch Sesame street all the time. So I started my own business. Um, it's evolved over the years. It started off online in 2006 and the technology back then was not anything like we have today. <laughs> like we would not be chatting. <laughs> um, and then it kind of evolved. It evolved to mommy me boot camps. Um, then it transferred. I had a studio for a while. I've always done private training. Um, I did private training up until COVID. I have a gym in my house. And then COVID was actually a blessing for my business because I really pivoted. And now everything is online and I have a much bigger reach. I can help more people. Um, and I really love the, the pivot that evolved out of having COVID. Okay, fantastic. So we're going to go way back to where it all began. So you mentioned ballet. So mm -hmm. let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. I started when I was four. How far back do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's far enough. <laughs> that's far enough, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I hated the first year I was in ballet. I only wanted to go because of my sister. She's older than me, and she used to go. Um, but then after the year, my mom, you know, told me to stick it out and I stayed with it at 13. I told my parents I wanted to be a professional ballet dancer. Um, and I went to college. I have a dance degree because that was very important to my mom. And then after that, I danced professionally, um, in the like tri-state area around the East yeah. coast where I live. Um, and I think I transitioned out of being a ballet dancer around my thirties. So, um, I absolutely loved it. I had such a passion for technique. Um, and I think that transpired into personal training. Uh, I know when I was being a dancer, if anybody knows being a dancer, you always have like at least three or four other jobs to compensate for, for the lack of pay. Um, but one of the things that I was doing, I was working at a gym and I opened up the gym at 5 a.m. And one of my friends was a personal trainer and she was like telling me about what it was. And I was like, that's so cool. I want to do that at some point in my life. Um, and so I got the opportunity later on. Um, yeah. Do you have any questions about my dance career? I don't Yeah, No, no. It's, it's quite interesting. You've made the transformation, you know, from, you know, ballet to being a PT, which is quite interesting. Yeah. So yeah I'll tell you. The... Route. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I do know a lot of, um, it's interesting because I think the people that resonate with how the body works and that's how I felt with dancing. I think PT, um, like physical therapy and even being a personal trainer are, are kind of in the same realm in that respect, because you, you have to have an awareness of how your body moves, how it works and all that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think when I transitioned, I actually was injured. Uh, and I was like, I have to find something that's not so hard on my body. And that's when I went back to school and, uh, have, I got a degree in physical therapy. Um, and then as I was working in the physical therapy, I was working with them, but I was also, they had like a dual 
um, yeah. place where they had PT and they also had um, physical therapy and then they had personal training and a gym side. And I had my personal training and they were like, do you want to kind of run the gym and do like physical therapy? And I was like, sure, let's do that. And I had such a great time training clients and seeing their results and just running the gym that when I got pregnant, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I love physical therapy, but I didn't want to go back. Yeah. And you obviously mentioned you got injured when you were doing ballet. Yes. Um, it was, I've had a couple injuries <laughs> yeah. I remember the year. Yeah. But that yeah. one in particular, it was just like, I just remember driving home. I, I had tweaked my foot. It wasn't bad, but it was like a slight sprain, but I was driving home in the snow and I was like, I've got to find something that's not so hard on my body. And, and then I wound up in personal training, which is physically demanding. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so over the years, what would you say your challenges within ballet were? Hmm. In ballet, I would say just always striving for perfection because you know, if you're in the dance world, it's like, there's nothing acceptable except perfection, even though we never really quite get there, but there's always this, um, way of like making it look super easy on stage when in fact it's super hard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say just the day to day grind of, you know, you really have to be passionate about a career like that. Um, because you don't, you're not getting paid for the amount of time that you put in. You're, you're probably making less than minimum wage when you really kind of <laughs> add up all the hours <laughs> that you, you spend in studio and rehearsals and everything like that. But um, I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to, to, to do that because I know, I mean, I'm, I'm 48 and a half, so there's no way I would be doing ballet at this age. I just don't think my body could handle it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you mentioned, you know, earlier, you know, how you made the transformation from ballet to becoming a PT. Okay, so let's talk about, you know, those first couple of months being a PT, how your business evolved. Yeah, it was really, um, like I said, I was running the personal training when I was working in the physical therapy area. So I kind of was some of the clients that I'd had, I was kind of training on the side. Um, but yeah, it was just, and I love my kids. They're very close in age. So, but it was just like, I felt very isolated. Like I was watching a lot of Sesame street and, you know, just being involved with the kids, which granted I would not trade for the world, but I needed some sort of outside, uh, like I want to call it adult time, adult like interaction. And so I felt like I wanted to do something that I enjoyed doing. And I, I love doing personal training. And like I said, I started with online, um, and I just remember I, it took so long to design programs and get that to the person, because again, there was no zoom. If there was zoom, I didn't like a version of it. Um, I did have a software that you could like make the workouts, but again, it was so time consuming and, um, and that quickly fizzled out and then turned into mommy me bootcamp, which was perfect because I had these two little kids. I had the stroller. I would bring the dumbbells to the park, which looking back, I was like, what was I? Th I was literally dragging around a hundred pounds of weight between my kids and the dumbbells. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we switched to uh, resistance bands very quickly, but um, that was a great environment for my kids to grow up in. They learned how to count 
from one to 20 very quickly because that's, you know, 20 jumping jacks, 20 pushups, whatever. <laughs> um, and they got to interact with other kids that were in the area and the moms would come. It was just, it was such a great environment because it was out in the open. The kids could scream and yell. And there was always one kid at the end who like would lose it <laughs> at the end of class. Um, but yeah, and just being out in the park and just, just being out in nature and, and it was a great experience. It really was. Okay. And then, so let's talk about what your business does um, now. So what do you offer people online or face-to-face? Yeah, I don't do any in-person anymore. So um, because still of COVID, um, but honestly, I just love the online concept. Um, I love, they get the, they get better results, but I also love not having to wake up at 4am in the morning (laughs) to train (laughs) clients at five. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my business has evolved in the sense of, I do give them workouts. Um, again, let me add this in before I tell you more about what I currently do, but when I first started and you, I know can relate to this, but like, I really subscribe to, you know, here's the meal plan. Here's the calorie count. Here's the the food that you need to eat. Um, and here's the grueling workout that we're going to do. And they got results. Yeah. But what I'm finding as I'm transitioning through my career, because what we're at 16 years now, um, halfway through for my own personal journey, again, having that ballet background, there was a lot of um, body image issues with me personally. Um, There's a lot of outside validation. There's a lot of like these mental components. Also, how you eat as a ballet dancer was not taught well. You know, it was like starve yourself and then binge on the weekend. Um, And I find the same thing with dieting is the same aspect. Like you have to find something that's going to last for a lifetime. Like whether you do keto, whether you, if you pick one of those, if you subscribe to a diet, it needs to be something that you can sustain for the rest of your life. And for the average person, like right now I work with women over 40 they don't want a six pack of abs, you know? And I think for people that do want to do the fitness competitions and want the the ripped abs and the, all the leanness, yes, there is a, you have to follow some sort of calorie version of whatever you're doing and the, the workouts, but for the average woman who just wants to feel good in their own body and wear sleeveless shirts and shorts and feel comfortable, I don't feel that they need that. And when I first started, I did all that. Like I said, they got results, but now, um, I'm seeing them later on in life and they haven't kept the weight off. Yeah. When I added the mindset piece into that, which was like halfway through my career and I started looking at food differently for myself and also my workouts differently, that's all shifted. And I started putting it on my clients. And what I noticed is they're not just only losing weight easily without the dieting, without the rigorous workouts, but they're keeping it off for life. Yeah. No, totally. Um, you know, I, I can relate to this because, you know, recently, in, probably in the last couple of years, um, maybe two years, um, you know, regarding personal training with clients, you know, clients will come and they'll say, oh, can I have um, information regarding nutrition, right? But the things that we, we don't consider a lot are that client's business lifestyle, there mm-hmm. if they have kids if there is a family engagement okay so we've got a factor in all of that um we can't just tell the clients by the way 
you, you can't have so much alcohol because <laughs> that's part of their family life, you know. Yeah. So we need to factor in all this as well when we're, you know, prepping our clients. Yeah. What I've found in my experience too is that not only is everybody unique, but there are some people that can absolutely look the way they want to look and still have alcohol. They can still yeah. have the cookies. They can still have, you know, and there, there is a caveat in the sense of like, if you're diabetic or there's a medical issue, then clearly you need to avoid certain foods. Like if you're celiac or, you know, dairy intolerant, but my philosophy is no foods are off limits anymore. And for me to say that that's hard because I came from that, like, yeah, you have to eat chicken breast. You have to have broccoli and you have to have rice. Like, <laughs> you know, you have to have your standard kind of weight training meals and that doesn't always work for everybody. No, so. definitely. Especially with, you know, how busy we can get. And, you know, if we have a family engagement and you know, you can't, you can't be attending a family engagement and saying, oh, by the way, I can't have that because my personal training uh, you <laughs> right. know, says, says that. <laughs> well, we, we can't dictate people's lives. So. Right, right. And there are people that do that. Like, I know people who more of the fitness, like competition people, yeah. but they will bring their food. And I have been known to bring my food. And I, I did a whole podcast on my podcast um, about um, I was a food log junkie. Like me and my little app, I mean, I could not like add the food in before I ate it and all that. And really, I got to the point where I was like, I don't want to live my life like that. Yeah. You know, I just want to be able to sit down and say, this is what I want to eat. And this and know that I'm OK, like I don't have to jump on the treadmill for six hours or whatever mind drama that's going on. Um, but yeah, there's something so freeing about not having those restrictions. And I think part of my mission in life is like to really get rid of the dieters mentality of like, I, I can't have that. I, I should, or shouldn't have that. And then that comes into like the whole binging of like, well, I need to treat myself because I did so good and, and all the aspect, which is why I find the mindset piece just so fascinating. It's really, yeah. I find it's the secret sauce. <laughs> nah, totally. And, you know, for yourself, Nicole, how do you fit in such a, you know, you've got a busy schedule. So how do you fit in your own fitness routine into that? I actually block off now that I'm not training people at 5 a.m. in the morning. Don't If you hear those people out there, I do love you at 5 a.m. in the morning, but I'm glad <laughs> I don't have to do it anymore. Um, yeah, I block off that morning hour. I actually don't. I have to take my kids to the bus. But um, other than that, that whole time, whether I get up at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m., from that time till about 9 o'clock is me time. It's I'll either walk, uh, sometimes I meditate, sometimes I will weight train, you know, whatever's going on. It's really, I've really found that sets me up for my day. And I'm very intentional about that and very purposeful of like, that's my time. And I notice if I don't have that, like if something happens or whatever, then um, I feel a little bit thrown off for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally, I totally get that. Yeah. And throughout your week, What's your favorite part of your, your week? The one thing you love to do? Oh, hmm. That's a good question. What do I like to do during the week? I really like my morning hours. <laughs> when I'm thinking about it. I really enjoy, I've been, um, I've been walking a lot and I'm waiting for the weather to break here in the States, but um, there's something about walking in nature for me. And it's been something recently, um, 
and I can't wait to do that again. So I love like my daughter plays soccer and when she's playing or, or football, I guess for you guys, right? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. When she's doing that, you know, I usually walk in the park or whatever while she's doing that. And it's, it's, it's cathartic. It's like, there's something about getting out in nature and just, you know, reconnecting. No, absolutely. You know, um, you know, that's, it's one of the points that I'm actually going to come on to is mental health. So effectively, your own personal opinion on mental health, what would that be, Nicole? I find that we all need to like discover who we are and what we think based on our own opinions, not societal expectations, not what other people think we should or shouldn't do. Um, and I find that really when you really understand, and again, this is that whole mindset piece, like once you understand the way you look at the world, um, the way you react to the world, knowing that you get to decide how you want to act to whatever circumstances coming your way, I think there's something very empowering and just calm about it because when you're secure in you and your mental health is health, like in, in my mind, that means health. Like you are, you're secure in who you are. You understand what you want. You have expectations of yourself in the sense of like, um, not based on other people's opinions, you know, yeah. like for women, especially it's like, you don't have to be a size zero. You don't have to be a blue eyed blonde or whatever standard, you know, yeah. whatever it is, you get to decide what is acceptable for you. And, and other people get to have their opinions too. That's the beauty of it. Like, I think we tend to try to push our opinions on everybody else and they're entitled to their opinions. Everybody gets to think what they want to think. Exactly. And, you know, you brought up a good point, you know, just before we went on to this was about, you know, going out in the fresh air. So effectively, you know, sometimes we, we might have a bad day and, you know, 10 minutes walking outdoors, it, it changes everything. Yeah. I agree. I think it's fresh air. I think it's vitamin D from the sun. You know, if you can get out in a park and see some critters running around and deer and stuff like that, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just something about reconnecting. No, absolutely. And for yourself, Nicole, on a personal level, how did you deal with the pandemic? So when it first hit, I was like, Ooh, staycation. We had to like do nothing. <laughs> you know, like there's no more soccer. There's no more driving the kids around. And, um, so yeah, the first week I was like, it, it was a little like, okay, we're just going to buckle down. And, and, you know, of course we didn't know at the time that it would last as long as it has. Um, I actually set out to do quite a few things initially because I was like, Oh, I have some time. So I, um, I did a TEDx. Um, I don't know if you, you guys have TEDx over there. TEDx is everywhere. Um, do you know what a TEDx is? Yeah, explain it. No. So TEDx is this big platform where speakers come and kind of express their own opinions. Um, if you Google TEDx, you'll see it's everywhere. Um, so I got the opportunity to do something online because they weren't having in person. Um, and I'm actually going to be doing my second TEDx talk this October um, and that will be live. So I'm very excited about that. Um, I also, if this is a, I don't know if this is a video or not, but yeah. back there, there's a book back there. I, I authored a cookbook. Wow. So 
Yeah. And I, the cookbook again is very like, um, very basic, very quick, easy meals, nothing fancy. Like it's not for the next iron chef. Um, it's for somebody who doesn't like to clean up. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's very simplistic and very easy to follow, but yeah, those were the two things that, and I had switched gears in my business. Um, so like I said, I feel like COVID was again, you know, the devastation of the people that were dealing with the actual COVID. Yes, that was hard to see, but I'm the type of person that anything that kind of comes my way, I like to look at the silver lining or like, okay, this is the problem. What's the solution? What can I, what can I do in this scenario? You know? Um, And like I said, I pivoted my business to completely online. um, And I absolutely love the pivots. and it's, it's been great in that sense. Uh, I did have COVID. We were talking off camera before. Um, I did have COVID and it was, um, I didn't realize I had it, but um, it was, it was hard to recover. And you would think, yeah. you know, being a personal trainer, you're like, yeah, I got this, you know, we're healthy, but um, it did take me a while to recover. It almost took me two months to really kind of get back on my feet to the point where I was like, okay, I'm ready to go into the gym. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's, it is adjustment for everyone. Um, but again, it, I, this is like what I'm saying with the mindset. I think it's really how you look at things and how you want to interpret. Cause you know, I could have curled up in a fetal position and cried, but and I could still do that for a minute or two, but it's like, what are you going to do? Are you, you just going to be the victim or are you going to, you know, make your own hero story? Yeah. And I always choose hero nah, if I can. Fantastic. <laughs> so, you know, We've been talking all about the, the good points, you know, um, of being a PT and your successful business. Mm-hmm. So throughout your week, Nicole, do you have any bad habits? Mm, in general? Yeah. I tend to procrastinate sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I find myself like, oh, I don't want it because I work at home, right? And it's very easy to be like, yeah, I'll just go do something else. <laughs> I don't do that often. Um, hmm. Do I have any other bad habits? Hmm. I'm sure I do. <laughs> I just don't, I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. I can't think of any more. Okay. We'll, we'll go with that one. Uh-huh. And, you know, working in health and fitness, you know, what's your pet hates, your pet peeves, the things you hate to see? Oh, I, this drives me nuts. I, I don't go into gyms often and especially because of COVID, but when I used to go into gyms and I would see trainers training people and they would have really bad form. So in particular, I remember seeing a trainer train a woman and he was like an established trainer and she was doing one arm rows on a bench, but her back was completely rounded over and not flat. And I was like, what are you doing? And again, this is like, you know, my, my physical therapy background, it's like red flags, like all over just because I'm like, don't, you're going to injure yourself. Um, yeah. Things like that. When I see trainers doing incorrect form with their client or like not paying attention to them. Um, 
and vice versa with like just even regular people like if they're doing um a workout or whatever and I don't approach them or anything or like you know when they're doing squats and their knees are buckling in or something like that I'm just like oh please get somebody to help you (laughs) (laughs) yeah so form I think is the biggest is the biggest thing yeah definitely and obviously you mentioned your age earlier so what age do you feel Nicole Depends on the day. Today, I'm feeling like in my early 30s. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Because you never want to feel older than your age. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting because um, there'll be times I'll catch myself because I am 48, but I, my brain goes to like, no, you're 50. And I'm like, no, 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 we got, we got a couple more. <laughs> so I'm almost pushing myself that way, which is interesting because as a ballet dancer, I never told anybody how old I was because I looked so much younger than what I actually was. And in the ballet world, like 16 is like prime season, you know, like that's your peak. So if you're in your twenties, you get looked at a little differently. (laughs) So I would never tell anybody how old I was. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) You know, when you're training or, you know, if you're delivering a session to your client, what would your favorite exercise be? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, I have so many. <laughs> I have so many favorite exercises. Um, hmm. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with squats because uh, I feel like with squats, when you do them right, you really feel like that glute engagement, the hamstring engagement, you know, and just um, you know, as you come up, driving your heels into the floor, just to feel that like posterior chain activated. Um, I would say that's probably my favorite. Okay. And if we put it in another context, what would your least favorite be? Hmm. Least favorite. Hmm. Um, Okay. The only thing that's coming in my head is planks and only because sometimes that pelvic, um, people don't quite get that connection sometimes of like pulling your pelvis under to get the back flatter. Um, and they're, you know, their tush is sticking out that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm going to go with that one. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, what about, you know, so far in your journey, Nicole, what would you say your best memory is so far? Oh, I have a lot of good memories. Um, I'm going to go with what's happening right now. Like I absolutely love what I do. Like I love coaching clients on zoom. I love giving them the workouts that they do. I love the ease of the, the program that I run them through, like just how easy it is for them to achieve what they want. Okay. And, you know, if we put it in another context, what's the best compliment you've received? Mm. You know, that can be from being involved in fitness or it could even go back, back as far as your ballet career. Um, there's two that pop up, actually. <laughs> so the first one is, you look so much younger than you are. <laughs> I do like that one. I will never get tired of that one. Um, the second one is, is just when my clients, you know, we tend to work six months and at the end of the six months, they're like, thank you so much because this is nothing like what I was taught. 
you know, there's no more dieters mentality. And like I said before, there's a level of freedom of knowing that, yes, I can eat whatever I want. I am in control of my weight, the way my body looks and how I feel. So, yeah. Fantastic. And, you know, throughout your your full journey, your your full life, has there been an inspirational role, role model for you, Nicole? Ooh, I have quite a few. Um, I'll tell you, um, Jen Sinchero, she wrote the book, You Are a Badass. Um, that book alone was really pivotal in my life. That was kind of like my um, light bulb moment with mindsets. So I really love her concepts. I love her. I, I, I don't know how many times I've read or listened to that book. I mean, like we're talking 20 to 30 <laughs> times um so her and actually I, the other person i would say is david goggins i don't know if you've yeah. ever heard of him yeah. he is definitely on the extreme side but um like i would love to sit down and have coffee with him and just pick his brain just because he is so mentally strong now granted i don't think everybody needs to be in that realm but i think if we could take 25 percent of what he has <laughs> and like inserted in our brains um yeah yeah so i would say those are my two and you know obviously for 2022 if you could pick one fitness goal for yourself that you would like to achieve by end of the year what would it be hmm i have had a couple injuries over the year so i think just really really being comfortable like I'm comfortable in my body, but like comfortable in the sense of, um, hmm, I don't know how to describe it. Just like being 48 and being an example of like, this is what a 48 year old body can do or be, you know, not that say that people have to look like me or anything like that, but just you know, just again, I guess that goes back to what we were talking about with the the mental health and like, you know, my expectations for me are just to really embody the body that I want to have and that I'm comfortable in. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. And so for yourself, Nicole, so how do you motivate yourself on a bad day? I, um, I always go inside to be motivated rather than looking outside for like memes and stuff like that. Um, I really just kind of dive into like, okay, so what is my, why, why am I doing this? What, how am I going to feel afterwards? You know, it's like, cause there are some days, there are some days <laughs> that you just yeah. don't want to lift up the weights and, you know, and kind of judging or, or basing it on like, well, maybe I don't lift weights today. Maybe I do some kickboxing or I do Pilates or do something just different. Um, because there may be motivation that I'm not aware of in like the sense of like, maybe my body just needs a rest, but it's really kind of diving into like, okay, so if I want to be the healthiest version of me, what does that entail? And if lifting weights today is the answer, even if it's like the worst workout ever, I've done it. Yeah. And I'm going to give you some quick fire questions now. Okay. <laughs> so what do you prefer, cardio or weights? What was the first one? 
Cardio. Oh, cardio or weights. I, uh, I like weights. I do. Yeah. Okay. And what's your take on CrossFit? Yes or no? On what was that? CrossFit. Oh, CrossFit. From a physical therapy standpoint. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, you know what, here's the thing. I like the, the idea because they do have a culture around it in the sense of like, they motivate people. Anybody who does any kind of fitness thing, I'm happy that they're getting people out there and moving them and everything. I think they take it a little bit too extreme. Like there's a lot of injuries that come out of CrossFit and also the whole dieters mentality. And can you sustain that for the rest of your life? And maybe, yes, maybe that's the answer. And if that fits into your lifestyle great but yeah so i have mixed feelings about it yeah no totally <laughs> and what's your take on burpees burpees oh i hate them i really do <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, i hate them i think they're good um you know for the 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 people that i work with they don't like them either but like i think they're good in the sense of when you do them modified because yeah. as we get older we need to be able to get off the floor yeah You know, if you fall or if you get out of the tub, those kind of things. So I do think burpees are helpful in that respect. Um, Maybe not the full out burpee, but a modified version. And what about squats or deadlift? Squats or deadlift? I prefer squats any day. I'm deadlifting. (laughs) So your last question on this section anyway, Uh squats or going to walk? You know... If you asked me that a year ago, I would have said squats, but I'm going to say a walk because I really think walking is very cathartic, <laughs> yeah. especially when you're outside. And, you know, for your business, where would you like to see yourself in the next year to five years? I, again, I'm on a mission to squash that dieters mentality. Um, my podcast has been reaching all over the world and ranking really high, and I'm hoping that part of that is really spreading the message of like, it is possible that you don't have to beat yourself down. You don't have to hate yourself skinny, um, in order to get what you want. Um, business wise, I plan on making a very big ding in the universe. <laughs> no, good. And you mentioned your podcast. So, um, what's the name of your show and what, what do you talk about on your show? Yeah. Um, it's called shape it up over 40 and we are in year three this year. I am doing a solo cast on Tuesdays, which is just me offering my, um, perception and tips and all that, of uh, nutrition, fitness, and mostly mindset. And then on Thursdays, um, I have a guest that kind of complements what my clientele is kind of going through. So like, um, we had a relationship coach on once we had a woman with divorce. Um, we had, um, like different business type coaches and stuff. Cause I feel like, you know, kind of like what you were saying with the lifestyle, like it's not just, you know, we're going to categorize fitness, but like there are other components of these people's lives and they do tie in to health and fitness and weight loss and all that. So, um, I love having guests on, on Thursdays and, and sharing their message as well. Yeah. And what advice would you give to anyone starting their fitness journey for the first time? I would say you can do it, number one, and it does not have to be hard and restrictive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
And, you know, just before we round up, uh, Nicole, where can people find you online? You can find everything at shapeitupfitness.com. Um, that's pretty much the hub of everything. And you can find the podcast, all my social media there as well. But no, it's been awesome having you on the show. But just before we round up, have you got any questions for myself? I do. So what sparked your interest and how did you get involved in fitness? Okay, so I was, so this was back in 2012, 2013. I was a sweet chubby lifeguard <laughs> sitting on a pool and I wanted to lose some weight because I was going on holiday. And I spoke to two guys, um, Scott and Paul, um, gym instructors. They gave me a nutrition plan. They introduced me to Metafit and G-Cycle, which is indoor spin. Mm. So, you know, followed those guidelines, you know, done the classes, um, two classes a day, or five times a week, um, you know, for six weeks I followed that plan and I lost two stone. So effectively I was like, wow, that was awesome, you know, like, so somebody helped me. So on the back of going on holiday, losing weight. I had it in my mind. I hated my job being a lifeguard. I was like, mm. I need to try something different. I was sitting in the changing room. I was looking at a course, gym instructor course, and uh, a colleague of mine, Andy, he says, like, you've got nothing to lose. He says, like, you've still got a job. He says, go and do the course and see what happens. So went down the course, um, and on the back of that, put myself through multiple qualifications and then I finally got a gym job and now I'm helping people on the other side because I received help and then on the back of all this now uh, a few months ago in October last year um, I wanted to change fitness yet again because fitness for me we have a small percentage that are negative people you know the people who moan or you know people who just want to create a toxic environment mm-hmm. where, there, where there shouldn't be a toxic environment. So I was like, I went a walk. I was actually up in the hills in Scotland when I made this decision to start my own podcast. So that's why the name came No Excuses, Real Inspiration, because I think if I can try and create more positivity within health and fitness, we can detox all these negativity out the back door yeah I love that yeah because yeah there is so much negativity not just with like body image but just even the approach of like how to lose weight yeah well you know even you know if we take fitness away from the the aspect of you know toxic and negativity right so if we look at everybody in a a daily life you know different uh, you know working sectors there's always mm-hmm. going to be a small percentage that are that you know toxic that try to drive up the rest of the workforce to hate the management etc you know yeah misery loves company right yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah so you know i think you know what you're trying to do and what i'm trying to do hopefully will create a more positive atmosphere out there in the world i have no doubt that we're both going to impact the world tremendously. <laughs> oh, thank you, Nicole. It's been awesome. Thank you for having me.